Okay, I want you to look at the side screen just real quick. Anybody know who this guy is? It'll come up. Anybody know who that is? That is Marv Albert. He is uh, one of my favorite sports broadcasters. He's done the World Series, the Super Bowl, uh, the Stanley Cup, and the NBA playoffs. And I love to hear him when he's doing basketball because in the NBA, when uh, a guy hits a three-pointer or slams one, uh, Marv Albert will always do this. This is his coin phrase. Yes! And uh, a guy will shoot another shot, and he'll be like, yes! And uh, I love to hear that. Well, today we are going to talk about yes, and next week we're going to talk about no. But I think these two small little tiny words that we say a lot have a lot to do with where we go in life and how healthy our lives are. We say yes in our minds. We say yes with our words. We say yes with our actions. We say this word yes a lot. But we not only say yes, we also say the opposite of yes, which is what? No. Now, no actually can be a harder thing to say, can it? Because people will ask you to do something, you don't want to say no to them. Or we'll say things like this sometimes, well, no, I'm not going to do that, or no, I'm not going to show up. And when we do this, we have a hard time sometimes knowing exactly whether to say yes or no. Have you ever had this experience before? Someone is talking to you and you're like, no, 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 no. Like in your mind, you're like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. No, please. Or like someone might be saying something, you're like, this is brilliant. You know, like, yes, 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 yes. That's what we need to be about. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about yes and no. Can you say no without making an excuse? You know what I mean? Like you say no, but you're really doing it just to make an excuse. Can you say no without feeling guilty? That I don't feel guilty if I say no because I can do that. Jesus said some very important words in his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is on this mountaintop. He's reaching down, talking to a whole group of people. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, Jesus says these words. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Let's all say this out loud together, okay? One, two, three. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Why did Jesus say these words? Well, in Jesus' day, there was a group of people that were legalistic, religious, Bible-belting, bumper kind of people that were just, like, upset. And they didn't like people in, uh, you know, the culture not looking to them as being these high legalistic religious folks, and they were called Pharisees. And Pharisees developed this concept of swearing. Now, just so that, you know, there's clarity, I'm not talking about cussing. How many of you cuss this week? No, I'm just joking. Don't. We don't want to, like, you know, we don't want that much honesty this morning. Um, But But when I refer to this concept of swearing, what they would do is they would like take a a Bible and they would say, I swear on the Bible or I I swear on my mother's grave. They would use this swearing technique so that people would actually listen to them a little bit more to believe them that they were serious. So Pharisees in this day, they would swear by, I swear by God, I swear by my family, I swear by the city of Jerusalem. And 
this was a way to try to basically sidestep the truth. Like if you have a truth and it's a little bit fuzzy, but all of a sudden you just go, I swear on the Bible. Then all of a sudden people are like, well, that must be true. I mean, he's, he's swearing on it. And Jesus turns to all of these religious people and he says, hey, he goes, hey, guys, listen, you don't have to swear by anything. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. In other words... He was saying that if you have a real relationship with God, that you're a noble person. You're a person of character. And so when you say yes, everybody knows you mean it. And when you say no, everybody knows that you mean it. So let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Now, a few years ago, I want to give you a a deep thought and a deep thought uh, came to me when I used to watch Saturday Night Live. Do any of you remember Deep Thoughts by John Handy? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to look at a couple of deep thoughts to help you get deep on this concept of yes or no. So take a look at the side screen. And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. If a kid asks where rain comes from, I think a cute thing to tell him is, God is crying. And if he asks why God is crying, another cute thing to tell him is, probably because of something you did. And now, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. I wish I had a kryptonite cross, because then you could keep both Dracula and Superman away. (laughs) Okay, deep thoughts. You'll never get that time back, by the way. You've lost it, okay? But instead of having a big idea, I thought on Labor Day weekend we would have deep thoughts. So this is your deep thought for today, that when you say the word yes, I hope you'll think about it this week. So in your app or on the program, here it is. If I say the right yes, it will lead to great success. If I say the wrong yes, it could lead to a big honking mess. Okay? If I say the right yes, it leads to great success. If I say the wrong yes, it could lead to a big honking mess. How many of you have ever said a yes before and it blew up and it was a big honking mess after you did that? Okay? You look at that. Hands everywhere. What do we call all the other people who didn't raise their hands? Liars. That's right. You're a liar. Because everybody has said a yes before, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that just blew everything up in my life. You know, uh, when you're talking to a person who's facing a problem and they're struggling with something, maybe it's with a, uh, a relationship or maybe it's with a work situation, and you ask them, well, hey, Uh, you're going through this thing, when did the wheels fall off? I mean, when did things really break down? Most of the time, they don't say, well, it's when I said this one big yes, and then everything changed. You know what it usually is? A whole bunch of little yeses. Little yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. And then, ah! And you go down a road of rebellion that you wish you had never hit. 
I'll never forget a guy I was teaching at a small little country church in my early 20s, and they called them revivals. And basically what it was is they would uh, invite somebody from the outside to try to revive the dead. Like the church was dead, nobody was growing, nothing was happening, but they thought if they brought somebody from the outside, that outside person would be able to just, you know, like speak amazing things. Now, why they ever chose me, I don't know why, but a lot of little country churches did. And I would go in there, and this one guy, he came up to me uh, for four nights. We had revivals, and four nights he would come up and he'd walk up to me, and I'd say something or I'd have a joke, and he goes, Pastor, when you said that, it made me laugh. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and he would just have this laugh. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. And one time, I tried to count 50 times in a conversation. He's like, Pastor, yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. You're like, woo, what's up? Now I know why we're not getting revived. You know, it's like too much there. But this is the truth. We have a lot of yes men And yes, women in our culture. And maybe there are some yes men and yes women in this gym. You just have a hard time being able to say anything other than yes. And unfortunately, the word yes actually has become almost like an empty yes. It's kind of like this. Yes unless I find someone better, I'll say yes in the moment. And unfortunately, yes doesn't mean yes anymore. You know what yes means? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'll stay with my spouse unless another little honey comes along that's better looking. Maybe I'll stay with him, but if he doesn't make enough money, I'm kicking him to the curb. I'm out. I was at a soccer game uh, of my daughter's last week, and a friend that uh, comes to uh, the church every once in a while, he and I were talking. He's like, man, i got to tell you a story. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. He's like, I have a friend of mine. He's, like, going through a really hard time. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. He said, um, he said he'd been dating this girl for about two years, and she told him, yes, I'll marry you if you'll, you know, help fix my house up. And so he's like, redone the whole house, done everything, got it all together. Everything's nice. The relationship's going well, helped her with a car. And now all of a sudden, now that she doesn't need him anymore, she's out. And her yes wasn't a yes. It was just yes until you get my house fixed, you know? And, and then she was out. Yes, no, maybe so is kind of like our culture today. So Jesus said, hey, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I want you to think for a moment. This past week, how many times did you say yes to God? And how many times did you say no to God? How many times did you say yes to the most important relationships in your life? And how many times did you say no? to those relationships, your spouse, your kids, your family. How about your friends, the people that you kick it with? How many times have you said yes to and no? This word uh, is really important because for a long time, uh, when I first started pastoring, I could never say no. 
I would just say yes because I wanted everyone in the church to be happy and everyone to be pleased with me. And so I would just say yes. And all of a sudden, once you start saying so many yeses, pretty soon it gets kind of out of control. And you no longer are making people happy. And you want to be a people pleaser, but when you say so many yeses, you can't make everybody happy anymore. And so it kind of becomes this quandary that you're in because you're using the word yes because you think that's what people want to hear, but it doesn't help those relationships. I'll never forget in this season of my life, my wife coming up to me one day and she put her hands on my face and she goes, Chris, every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And I was like, oh, no, 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 that's not true. And she's like, no, if you're time, you only have so much time. So if you say yes to these many things, you're saying no to something else. So every time that you get on Facebook and you stay there for an hour, you're saying yes to social media. You might be saying no to actually having a real conversation with a friend. Or if you're watching sports, yesterday was college football, and you watch three hours of a football game, you might have relaxation and a good time, but you may be saying no to playing with your kids. Every time that you say yes to, I'm going to sleep in today, you say no to something else. So the, fo- the focus really is, who is getting your best yes? Who in your life is getting your best Yes. Now, what I want us to look at today are key relationships in our life that should get a yes from us. And I want to start, first of all, with what seems obvious, but I think uh, he can actually be kind of shifted uh, away as well, and that is Jesus. So in the key relationships, the first one is we should say yes to Jesus. Just think about that, that Jesus actually gives you the ability to say yes to him. Folks, you and I were made in the image of God. And God kind of told a story, his story, by giving real life to it when he put a man and woman in a garden, Adam and Eve. And he says yes to them. He says, yes, you can have anything you want. Enjoy everything. Have fun. Have a blast. Enjoy the garden. It was paradise. It was perfect. Everything was good. He said yes to everything. There's only one no. There's only one rule. No, you can't eat from this particular tree. So that was the deal. Now, Adam and Eve received this deal from God. And what do they say to God's deal? What is it? There's only two choices. They said what? No, they didn't say yes. What they say? They said no. No, no, no. That's not a good enough deal. We want this tree. And in doing so, they said, we don't want you to be God of our lives. We want to be God of our lives. They said, we want to be our own gods. And we're going to say no to you, and we're going to say yes to our own selfishness. And from that moment on, humanity has said no to God, even though originally he said yes to us. And the sin in our life created this no-ness 
But what did God do? He said yes again. You see, he said yes in the garden. We said no. And then he said yes again by giving the world the greatest yes ever in his son, Jesus Christ. In John 3.16, you'll see it in football stadiums. It says this. This is how much God loved the world. He what? What did he do? He gave his son. His one and only son. And this is why. That no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to what? What did he come to do? Help. He's like 911. I'm here now. I'm God in flesh. To put the world right again. In the beginning, God said yes We said no, and then God said yes again. And if you think about it, this is what he did. He said, I'll take all the no's from all the people of the world, and I'll place all those no's upon my one and only son, and I'll send him to a cross, and he will die for all the no's that you will ever give to God, so that ultimately you'll have the yes of Christ in your life. The cool thing is, Jesus could have come a different way. I love that image of a pointing finger. It's like a teacher or a coach getting on you and yelling at you. And the world had messed up and screwed up and flubbed up for years and years and thousands of years and decades and millenniums. And all of a sudden he sends his son and his son could have came and he could have said something like this. You are too messed up. You are way too gone. You do not get a second chance. But he didn't say no. He said yes. He said, yes, I forgive you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I'll give you eternal life. Folks, God is a yes God. He said yes, we said no, and then he said yes again. God gives you and I the ability to say yes to Jesus. In fact, Jesus actually said, if you'll say yes to me and you'll seek me, there'll actually be a reward for that. Jesus said these words, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, do you want to know what all these things are? (laughs) I mean, I do. Like, if I'm going to seek him first, above everything else in the world, what are all of these things? Well, they're promises. They're promises that God gives to his children who choose him. And there are thousands of promises, but I'm just going to give you a few. Uh, I'd like you to take a moment, look to the person beside you. What do you think is the most frequent promise in the Bible? Okay, go ahead. Tell the person beside you. What is the most frequent promise in the Bible? Okay, I don't know. No, I'm joking. I I do know. That's what you're asking. This is the promise. I will be with you. More than anything else in the Bible, 
The number one promise that is most frequently given is, I will be with you. Jesus said these words, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you'll do in your future, if you turn to me, I want you to know, I will be with you. Even when you don't want anything to do with me, I will be with you. Then there's a second promise. He says, I will forgive your sin. Any sin? Yeah. Any time? Yeah. Whatever it is, I'll forgive you. Psalm 103.12 says this. As far as the east is from the west, God has taken away our sins. Mother Teresa said God takes away our sins, and then she puts them in the deepest part of the ocean, and she puts, uh, God then puts a, uh, a sign at the top that says no fishing. Because this is what we do. When we sin... We feel so bad and we can't imagine that God would totally forgive us. So we start fishing again for our sin to bring them up. And Mother Teresa said, no fishing. This scripture, all sin forgiven. Here's another promise. I will give you eternal life. That's what John 3:16 is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? What's it say? Eternal life. Your life here on earth is like one grain of sand. Your uh, life in heaven is like all the other grains of sand in the world. And here are just a few of the yeses, a few of the promises that he gives to us. Now, once you've said yes to Christ, how do you continue to seek him and grow closer to him? Well, you spend time with him. You spend regular time with Jesus. Last month, my uh, wife Jennifer and I, we celebrated 23 years of marriage. And so we were looking back on our wedding, and we stood at the uh, a church in Anderson, and there was this altar, and we stood there, and we had vows that we took. And on that day, I didn't know all the implications of saying yes to her, what that meant. But I have learned what those implications are since then, and uh, so is she. But what if when I was standing there with my wife and we're holding hands, what if I said, I do, and then I turned around and I bolded and I walked away from her? What if I just said, I'm not going to do anything with you any more than just being married to you? I mean, even though I stood here and I said, I love you in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. Jesus, I accept Jennifer as my wife. I do. And then I just walked away from her and everything else. Well, first of all, her dad probably would have beat my brains in, okay? And the second thing is, for 23 years, we would have never experienced the fullness of what it meant to See what God would do in our lives as we were connected together. You know, when we say yes to Jesus, this is the truth, folks. You are hooking up with him forever. You are committing to him. You are saying, I do. We say the big yes to come into a relationship with him, and then there are these small little yeses that you have to say every day if you want that relationship to grow more and more. And so let me ask you this morning, are you spending regular time with Jesus? Do you have time 
that you set aside to say yes to him so you say no to other things to be with him. Now, some of you might say, well, I'd like to do that, but Chris, I don't know how. Well, we want to be able to help you with that. There are two tools that I have found extremely helpful. One is the Bible. People will say all the time, well, you know, you're, you're a pastor boy, you're up there, I'm sure God talks to you all the time. Well, God doesn't talk to me. You know one way God will always talk to you? If you just open his words. These are his words. They're not like some ancient word that doesn't mean anything anymore. They still mean things today. And when you read them, all of a sudden, he speaks within your life. The other thing is spending time with him. Communication, just one-on-one with God. So, we have a couple of resources at the resource table. So, after the celebration, you could go over there. And we have two resources. The first one is a little uh, brochure that we have, 15 minutes a day in the Bible. That's all I'm asking for. 15 minutes, you find your favorite chair, you sit in it, you chill, you open up the Bible. We already have it for you. You're only going to do the book of Luke, but... You could finish it in the month of September, and you open it up, and you read a few verses. Then beside that, we have a second tool that's over there that is a journal. And it says, pray. And what you do is you write down your prayer. It's very easy. You don't have to wait on anything. You just write it down. God, I praise you for this. God, I really screwed up here today. Ask, God, help me with this. I really need your help. And then you take a moment to just pause and listen. Now, let me ask you this. If you took time each day to do those two things, would you grow closer to God? You only have two responses. Yes. yes. Folks, it's easy. You know, just even if you don't even know God and you're here today, you're just, just say yes. You know, you'd be halfway right. So that's it. And this is what I found. When I do those two things every day, I live in joy. It doesn't mean that my life is always happy. Circumstances of my life can be very unhappy. But I can have the ability of knowing I have a bigger perspective, and today is not all there is. God has something better for me, and that happens through those two disciplines. Now, this is what I found on the flip side. If I take a day or two or three or four off, All of a sudden, what I start to notice is that my life gets a little bit more messy. I'm less patient with the people around me. I feel anxiety and stress. And all of a sudden, I start to fall in some areas. Folks, he created you. He built you to say yes to a relationship with him. So we should say yes to Jesus. The second thing we should say yes to is his bride, the church, Christ's church. That we say yes to Jesus, and secondly, we say yes to Christ's church. Have you ever had this experience before? You're at a wedding, you walk to the very front doors of the building, whether it's a church or something else, and the person is there who is an usher, and they ask a question. What do they ask you? They go, brighter groom side, right? And then they put their arm around you. And it's always weird for guys because you just stand back there. You're like, where am I supposed to go? Why are you touching my wife right now? Like, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they escort you. And so let's say you go to the groom side. So they take you to the groom side and you sit on the groom side. And you're sitting there and you're like, man, I love the groom. I 
I really appreciate the groom, but the bride, I just don't know her that much. I mean, it's kind of a waste of time. I've seen him. Hey, dude, what's up? Saw you. And then all of a sudden, the bride comes and everybody stands up and the bride starts walking down. And let's say you're sitting here and you stand up and you see the bride and you're like, I don't even like the bride. And so you start walking out of the church. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think the groom is going to say to you? Hey, jerk, go sit back down. This is my bride. Now, this is what I've noticed in the last 20 years. People love the groom, Jesus. They just aren't so sure about kicking it with his bride. Now, some of that is good reason why. Because the church has done a lot of things to hurt people, push people away, uh, make them feel worse than they did. But that's not every church. And you can't get rid of the bride just because you just want to hang out with the groom. Because I have a feeling that one day when Jesus is in heaven and he's your defense attorney, God the Father is going to say, hey, how were you with my son Jesus? Oh, Jesus and I, we were cool, man. We were tight. We were good. Well, how were you with my bride? Well, not so much. And I don't think he's going to be happy. So you have to have both if you're going to get the fullness of what Christ wants to do in your life. Scripture says this. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the, what's the next word? Habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. It's a habit. We all have good habits and we have bad habits. If you eat all the time and you don't exercise, what is that? Bad habit. Bad habit. It's fun, but it's a bad habit. Okay? And so we all have these good and bad habits that we have. And in the same way, I can't explain it, but when you do the good habit of making church a regular part of your Sunday, the Holy Spirit comes and does something in a corporate setting that you don't get in any other place. I mean, when they were singing this morning, what a beautiful name it is. It was just like there was this sense that God's Spirit was moving and letting us know that He is with us, He's for us, He loves us, it gives us encouragement. And so we say yes to His church. Now, parents, let me just tell you that the best habit you can give is for you to come regularly so that your kids see you coming and they will follow that lead. Because kids are always more open to actions than words. Wouldn't you say that? How many words do you have to say sometime to get them to do something? You give them a big action, right? Hey, kid, you know, all the, I'm just joking. Don't, you know, I'm just saying that all of a sudden, though, you know, it changes. So you watch your kids and action speaks louder, louder than words. So it's very important that Christ church becomes a central part of who you are and what you're doing. In a couple of weeks, we're going to offer a partner class. It's a class that I'll be teaching 
and you can come and be a part of this. We'll put it up on the side screen, September 24th. And it's basically a membership church or a membership class that says, I'm in. I want to partner with you. I want to be able to say yes to Christ's church. Because it's in those little yeses that we have great successes. Now, let me tell you another reason why you should say yes to Christ's church. Because one day there may be a storm that hits your life. Or there may be something that, that is bad that happens to you. Bad things happen to good people all the time. Look at all the people in Houston. They're not bad people, but a bad thing has happened to them. And so now all of a sudden, they're trying to put their lives back together. Several years ago, I went to go visit my brother who was in jail up in Marion. And while I was there, I was talking to the chaplain of the jail. And he had told me, he said, hey, you know, I'm glad you come in to see your brother. I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, uh, man, we, can you be praying for something? I said, yeah. He said, our assistant... One of our assistant prosecutors, uh, his whole family was in a traffic accident. And it was so bad that the wife had to be a lifeline to Fort Wayne. And now the kids are at the Marion Hospital. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely pray. And he said, and could you just remember them? Because they have no family here. And he said, I went to go visit them this morning. And when I walked in... There was no one with this man. He was just with his kids except him, and nobody was with his wife. And he said if he just had a church family, he wouldn't be alone. And I'll never forget that. If he just had a church family, he wouldn't be alone. Folks, I want to ask you this morning, who do you go to when the family isn't there? When you get the call in the middle of the night, who are you going to connect with? When you end up in the middle of a storm, who do you reach out to? If your family is nowhere to be found in whatever situation it is, who do you turn to? Your coworkers? your neighborhood association, your soccer parents of those that your kids play soccer with. Folks, all those communities are great. They're important. They're wonderful people. But I'm telling you this. They do not have a mandate like every single one of you do from God that says, be a brother or sister to everybody who's in the church. And if they need something, you give it to them. If they need help, You're with them. You pray for them even when they go away and they don't want anything to do with you and they walk away. You keep praying and showing Christ's love. So you say yes to Jesus. You say yes to his church. Now I want to talk about relationships. The first one I want to talk about is husbands. All the husbands in the house. And I'll hit all. Husbands, wives, and singles. So no one will be excluded this morning. Here it is. Husbands should say yes to their wives. They should say yes to their wives. The only time you need to say no is when they max out the credit card. Then you say no. You are done. Cut that sucker up, throw it away. You know what I mean? Boy, I just created some issues up here in some marriages, I can tell. 
Now, this word husband comes from two Anglo-Saxon words, and it means home and band. So this home should be banded together. That's the role of the husband, to lead in such a way that you band the home together. So you need to say yes to Jesus, yes to the church, and yes to your wife. Husbands, when was the last time you said yes to your wife? Have you said yes to her? And I mean yes to romance. Yes to the small little things that make her feel special. Yes to non-sexual touching. Let me say that again because some of you men don't realize there is any other touch. Yes to non-sexual touching. Yes to a date night. When was the last time you had a date night for your wife? And this doesn't count. A screenshot of the movies, texting it to her and say, pick one, don't make it too girly. That's not a date. So, you know, every time I'm teaching on these things, I get really convicted. So this week, I call up my wife. I'm like, babe, I want to take you out on a date. It's a lunch date. I say, anywhere you want to go. And she said, Thai smile. I hate Thai food. I mean to the end. I mean, if I was in Thailand, I would starve. And she goes, yep, that's where I want to go. So I did. I was like, okay. I was like, do they have anything that you can get that's almost like American? And she said, well, you can get this beef thing. It's garlic beef. It tastes horrible. But, you know, if you, if you want, you can. I said, well, it's not spicy. No, no, you can have that. So we do that. So we go to Thai Smile. We're sitting together. There are two other people from our church on the other side without their spouses. And I'm like all proud, walking like, yeah, it's got my wife. We're doing a little date lunch, you know, like, you know what that is. But people will say all the time, well, we can't, we can't afford to date. You can afford not to date. Every healthy uh, book that talks about healthy marriages, any marriage book will tell you that the more you date, the more love there is in the relationship and the less likely it is you'll pull away from it. I mean, husbands, why you used to get her when you were, you know, Mr. Romeo with them, that's why you used to keep her. Unfortunately, some wives got a bad blank check. They got all this romance up until marriage. And then once marriage came, a couple years after that, they walked in one day and they see this retired jersey called romance. It's in the family room right beside a lazy boy chair where it stinks and smells and where it's close to the television. And all of a sudden now it's like, that's what I married? I didn't remember that. And I understand because sometimes I get into seasons where I don't date my wife. And all of a sudden in that season, I'll be in my little lazy boy looking nasty, unkept, stinking. And all of a sudden she'll walk by and I'll go, what do you think? (laughs) And you know what she says in those moments? Not much. Like not much at all. So guys... Date, because I strongly believe it can have a huge impact within your relationships. Guys, you literally can change the world if you change your marriage. You really can. And fellas, you've got to invest. You've got to invest in it 
and make it the forefront. Now, some of you might say, well, how do you do that? Well, Scripture tells us. The Bible says the key is this. Husbands, love your wives just, what's the next word? As Christ loved the church, and what? What did he do? Gave himself to her. So, guys, what I'm saying here, this is it. I'm saying get your ass in gear and love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, some of you are thinking I said something else right now, aren't you? You're bad people, bad people. You're ass in gear. Get it in gear, guys. Okay, now let's turn to the wives. Wives need to be able to say yes to their husbands. Wives should say yes to their husbands. Now, wives, we men... We're pitiful, okay? We are insecure. We have issues. We are very sensitive. We may walk around like I'm big and bad and I'm hard and I'm tough and I don't need anyone to affirm me. Yes, they do. We just want a little bit of affirmation, a little bit of affirmation from you ladies. When was the last time that you affirmed your husband? Where you just said, Wow. You know, this is what happens so often is guys will come and they'll say, hey, babe, I got this great idea. And they tell them this idea. And you know what the first thing a wife says? How are you going to do it? (laughs) He doesn't want to hear how. Try this, ladies. The next time he comes with this brilliant idea, like I had this idea this weekend. You know, honey, we never camp at all, but I think we should get a camper and we should go camping together on the busiest weekend. It'll be great. And she goes, how are we going to do that? You don't even know how to set up a tent. I'm like, I'm discouraged. So I've been trying to tell her, honey, when I have these ideas, don't say how, just go like this. Go, wow. (laughs) You know, just turn it around, ladies. You can just turn around. Just say, wow, because this is the truth. You already know 99% of the stuff that we come up with, we're not going to do anyway. (laughs) And secondly, if you give us a remote control in front of a television, I guarantee we're not going to do anything. That that thought will be long gone, okay? So wives, when the husbands come up, they say something. Don't say how. Just go, wow. You know, just kind of lift them up. Now, I don't know why this is. Jen and I will go out to eat with couples and Many times, I think the wives think like it's their time to let us know how unchristian their husband is. And they will just like take a torch and be like, they'll throw him into grease. And all of a sudden it's like, And they'll say, Jen and Chris, don't you think he should be doing this? And, da, da, da. and all of a sudden you see this poor guy. And I'm over there like applying first aid, you know, trying to help him out, you know, get all the burns off him. Buddy, you okay? You know, ladies, I'm telling you, don't do that. Don't torch him because torching him is never going to change him. So don't do that. Don't torch him publicly and don't do it privately. Okay, so we talked about wives. Now, wives, I want you to know, too, that some of you probably have seen this before. Have you ever seen one of those runway shows, uh, fashion runway shows on television? You know where the people always are like, 
And then they wear these clothes that no one would ever wear in their thought. But there's like all these people around this runway. They're taking notes, you know, and they're like, oh, man, that's cool. That's great. Oh, is that Versace? Is that Gucci? You know, I don't even know who they are, but they're like doing all this. Now, wives, this is what I want. If you're torching your husband, there are eyes, if you have kids that are all around, and every time you do that, it's like there are kids on the sideline of a runway, and they're watching you. And they're watching you, and they're asking questions like this. How do you love one another? How do you care for one another? How do you romance one another? How do you forgive each other? How do you do special things for one another? Wives, you want to understand how you should say yes to your husbands? The key is this. Scripture says this. A wife should put her husband, what's the word? Now, I have looked through all of Scripture. It does not say a wife should put her kids first if you're married. It doesn't say that because kids are not first in the order. Your spouses should be first as she does the Lord. So husbands, say yes to your wives. Wives, say yes to your husband. Now, singles. Any singles in the house? You don't have to raise your hand. Unless you're looking for a date. If you're looking for a date, raise your hand. Say, hey, I'm available. You know? It's Labor Day weekend, so, you know, you have to come back. If your choice wasn't here today, you know, next week there'll be more people. So, hey, we're here to please. You know, like whatever you need. Now, this is for singles. Singles need to say yes to spouse selection God's way. Okay? Say yes to spouse selection God's way. Scripture says this. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. In other words, if you're a believer of Christ, only choose to date other believers. I mean, you can fall in love with the wrong person. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever fallen in love with the wrong person? I did in college. My life would have been horrible. I would have been divorced. She's been divorced. I'm so glad that didn't happen. God's grace was there. Now, but this is what Christian singles will do. They will not think of the world view. They will just think this. I'm in love. Ooh. I love him. I love her. No, no, no. You have two worldviews. Your worldview, if you're a Christian single, is that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you date someone who is not that, they have a worldview as well. And it's not that. It's like, I don't even know what to think. But this is what will happen when they get to that love moment. I'm in love. I can change him. I can change her. I can change them. I mean, he only has a little anger problem. He only has a little porn problem. She only has a little drug problem. She only has a little spending problem. I can change them. No, you can't. You can't change anybody. Now, God can change them. And you might say, hey, until God changes you, that you would say yes to Jesus, then maybe we're on to something. But until then, it can't happen. Now, God didn't give us this perspective 
because he wants to hurt us or say, well, here's half of the, you know, eligible people for you to date. They're gone. He says this. He says, I love you so much that I'm going to put some parameters around that so you get the best choice. That you don't have to go through the pain of multiple choices. You can be a part of the best choices. So singles, wait until that person is spiritually on the same page with you. But once they are, then you can go for it. But until then, there's other fish in the sea. Singles say yes to spouse selection God's way. Now, for a moment of honesty, I want to um, ask you to think about where have I been neglecting or where have I maybe even been ignoring saying yes to one of these relationships we talked about today. So we're going to put up on the side screen these different areas. And I just want you to ask yourself, which area are you neglecting and do you need to say yes to? Is it Jesus? Is it Christ's church? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? Is it spousal selection? God's way. So I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. They'll be on the side screens. They'd love to pray with you. And uh, I'd like you to just stand for a second. And this is how we're going to close. So prayer team will be up here. They'd love to pray with you. And what I'd like you to do for just 30 seconds is look at this side screen right now and say, God, which area am I neglecting and I need to say yes to in a fresh way? It might be Jesus Christ Church, wife, husband, spousal selection. But take a moment, close your eyes, and just say, God, which of these have I been neglecting and that I need to say yes to? So Holy Spirit, come answer our prayer question. God, thank you so much for giving us one of these things that this week we could work on and say a new yes to. And Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you so much for saying yes to us. That when we say no to you and we walk away from you, you never walk away from us and you promise us I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will forgive you. I will give you second chances. I will give you the gift of eternal life. Thank you, God, for saying yes to us, even when we say no to you. Lord, some of us in this place, we need to say yes to your church. We've uh, gotten into a 
bad habit or we've just not made a commitment to any church. We've been trying different things, and I don't care whether it's here or people choose somewhere else, but something where they say, I'm plugged in, and I'm here, and I'm ready to serve, to give myself. Help us to renew a yes, God, to your church. God, maybe there are husbands here today, and they haven't said yes to their wife in a long time when it comes to really knowing her heart, of really knowing how to love her the way you would have them to love their spouse, their wife. So help our husbands, God, to say yes to their wives. God, there are wives here who haven't said yes to their husband in a while. They've torched them, but they haven't affirmed them. They haven't lifted them up. They haven't thought of how they could place them first. So help our wives to say yes to their husbands. And God, whoever is here today, don't let them have that attitude that says, well, if he says yes first, then I'll say yes. No, no, no. God, I pray for everyone here through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help them to lead in this area of their marriage. God, I pray for our singles right now. Some of our singles are fine being single, comfortable being single. Great, God, I pray that you'd use them in great ways, amazing ways no difference as you look down there's no one that you look at better or worse God you you look at people in their heart for you but maybe there are some singles here God who are divorced or they've been uh, struggling within their singleness and they want a relationship God help them to not fall into the temptation of just picking whoever it is but God help them to really understand that if they'll say yes to spousal selection, that you'll bless them in great ways. And God, maybe there are some people that are here today. They're here for the very first time or they've drifted away from the church and they've come back for this time. And they're like, I need to say yes to Jesus. Like, more than anything else, I need to say yes to him. To be the one who will never walk away from me. I need that relationship. I need you, Jesus. I need your forgiveness. I need your love. I need a fresh start with you. I need to say yes to you. And if that's you today, I want to lead you through a prayer. I'm going to ask you to say it out loud, but you don't have to say it by yourself. We're all going to do it together because no one here at the jar ever prays alone. We pray together in one voice. I just invite you to repeat after me these words, but it's your prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your gift of love. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand for everybody who said that prayer for the first time. And if you did say that prayer, back here in this corner that I'm pointing, Chuck Mock is there. He just has a Bible for you. 
Love to encourage you in your faith and your walk. Have a great day, everybody. Know that you're loved in this place.